Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Hugo Girls podcast. I'm one of your co-hosts, Maddie, and today Emma and I jumped on a call with Anna Kate Gardner um, for a super, super inspiring episode. Anna Kate is a 20-year-old college student studying communications at the College of Charleston with the aspirations of becoming a therapist post-grad school. Although, you guys, it seems wrong of me to even describe her that simply. Um, She's a courageous, confident, joyful, and incredibly loving individual who I am so thankful to have the opportunity to know. And on her 20th birthday, she founded The Kuma Project, which is a blog, platform, and apparel brand that encourages vulnerability and validation, as well as embracing the uncomfortable. We touch on this in today's episode, but also so much more as Anna Kate shares her personal story about what led her to the creation of this brand. You guys, from age 10, when I first met Anna Kate, she's always been someone I've looked up to. And after today's episode, I hope you all get a cliff note insight into why. With that, welcome to Season 3, Episode 7 of the Hugo Girls Podcast. Hi, Anna Kate. How are you? Hey, Emma. I'm doing well. How are you? I am so good. Thank you so much for coming on the show. It was so funny. I I was running around before the show trying to find my computer that had like fawn hidden in this bag, but I'm so excited that we're finally (laughs) sitting down, um, getting caught up. And thank you so much for coming on the show. We're so excited to have a guest. It's been a while, I feel like, since you've had a guest. Thank you so much for having me. I'm super pumped. Um, I really love y'all's podcast and the things you say are so relevant. And I listen to them when I'm driving and um, it just gets me all hyped for the day. So yeah, I'm excited. Oh, thank you. <laughs> thank you for coming on. I like, it literally made my day this morning. Cause guys, we were talking prior to the show, just like about what we were going to talk about or whatever. And Anna Kate texted me like a picture of her, like listening to it in the car. And I was like, oh my gosh, you literally just made my day. So now you're gonna be able to listen to yourself on your car drives. <laughs> yes. I've texted, um, the link to so many of my friends and they're like, this girl because a lot of them a few of them were just um, Maddie talking and they were like this girl is just so humble and genuine and nice to listen to and I was like I know oh, she's like that so she's like that in real life too <laughs> thank you yeah so I guess people don't know but Anna Kate and I have known each other since what fifth grade maybe I think that it was like fifth grade fourth or fifth grade um when she moved to Charleston which is where we met um and we went to elementary middle school and high school part of high school together um and yeah so I just reached out and I was like I would love to have you on the show just because um I mean you've always been a super cool person you've always been someone that I've personally looked up to so um we're super excited to get have you on the show today and get to hear more about you and about um your life path and your brand and business that you've started and everything but for the Um, listeners who don't know you as well as I do, can you give us some um, insight into who you are and what it is that you do? Absolutely. Um, First of all, I am so honored by all the compliments you just gave me. (laughs) Just hyped me up way too much. Um, But so I always like to play two truths and a lie. Have y'all ever played that? Yeah. Okay. So I'm going to say some things that you may or may not already know, and then y'all have to guess if it's which one's the lie. Okay. Uh, Fun. (laughs) okay so I am colorblind if I could meet any um any criminal in the world I would choose Pablo Escobar and I've been a vegetarian for nine years those are also niche 
things like how would it be a lie <laughs> that's <laughs> about it okay, I know one of them is that's the truth but I don't know the yeah other. Maddie you might have to spot me a little bit because I personally haven't known Anna Kate obviously for as long as <laughs> he has because they go way back from um obviously elementary school um hmm are you I feel like colorblind would you make would she make up that she's colorblind I don't know. I don't know if you're colorblind or not. That's one of the ones that I'm stuck on. I'm going to say that that's the lie. What? I'm going to say that that's the lie. Is that the lie? Yes. Okay. Yes. (laughs) Ding, ding, ding. That's a fun way to get, like, fun facts. Um, I... It's my favorite drinking game, too. I'll play it with everyone I meet. Um, That's so, such a nice way to, like, get to know people. Because when you said that, I was like, I remember when you went vegetarian. So I knew that that was one of the truths. So I was like, I don't know the other two, though. But I like that. That's good. I was wondering if you'd remember that. Um, but, yeah, so I am 20 years old. I g- was born in North Carolina. I've moved around a lot since then. I lived in... Um, Pennsylvania and Atlanta and then I found myself in Charleston where I got to meet um, Maddie and now Emma Um, and um, we spent the majority of our childhood on Daniel Island. Maddie and I were actually like a short bike ride away from each other Um, and I lived in kind of a pale green house on the marsh and um, we had like a very active childhood. We'd ride bikes around the island, um, walk to school, jump in creeks, go swimming all the time. so it was, a, it's a really fun place to live and it's a really nice place to, you know, want to raise your kids. And um, I was raised in a family with a good gene blessing of tan skin um, and <laughs> a mother who always promoted kindness and loving others. Um, so my mom and I were always super close and I get pretty much all of my positive qualities from her. Um, so yeah. I would say that's like the gist of who I am. Yeah, no, I love that. And I mean, I definitely would say that it's so funny. You're like a mini version of your mom, just like in like looks and everything too. It's so funny. <laughs> your mom is a beautiful soul, like inside and out. So I I love that you like attributed that to her. So that's incredible. Um, if you don't mind just giving us some insight into um, how you chose a school for college and kind of what your college experience has been because like you said 20 years old but um, graduation is just around the corner for you so just kind of giving us some insight into that. Absolutely so um, I went to high school um, for the first two years I went to Bishop England with you and then for the second two years I went to a new school called Oceanside which was an insane experience because um you would go to class and you'd get out of class at noon and the classes that you take would be college credits. So I get to graduate a year early and I actually graduated high school a year early too. Um, And I went to work with an anti-human trafficking organization, but that's a whole nother story. Uh, But so I went to Furman for a semester, which is really embarrassing because I definitely did not give it Um, the chance that it kind of deserved. I just knew that it was a small school and after the first few weeks there was no one else left for me to meet. Um, That school was smaller. That's totally fair though. It is fair like that school has less than 3,000 students Mm -hmm. so it was um, it was something. (laughs) something. I, I know I'm definitely like a big school girl 
so where did you end up like where'd you end up going after Furman after like this wasn't for you where what was your next step after that my next step was coming back home to Charleston coming back to my roots and going to college of Charleston um and I didn't think it would actually happen when I was considering it but it actually did and I'm really happy with where I am and I'm happy with my where my choices have led me so yeah no that's that's great and I know that you said it's kind of a different story but I do want to backtrack just a little bit um, I, I actually did not know that you graduated a year early from high school. I remember you graduating, like not at the same time as everyone else, but I didn't realize that it was that much. So, um, kind of take us along that path of how you decided to graduate early and when you decided to work with the anti-human trafficking, um, organization and kind of what that entailed. Right. So I graduated, it wasn't a full year early. It was okay. like, I think it was a semester early. Sorry, I'm just used to saying a year. Um, oh, you're fine. But it felt like a year, to be honest, because I moved to Atlanta to work for that anti-human trafficking program. Um, and I was, what, like 17? Because yeah. I've, I've always been super young for my grades. So I graduated high school at 17. I'm graduating college at 20. Um, and that experience was a trip and a half. I there's so many awesome things I learned from it. There's heartbreaking things I've learned from it. And um, on my blog, there's a story of one of the girls that I became really close with and still keep in touch with. Um, she was such a huge like figure in my life for those few months that I lived in Atlanta. And um, I still think about her all the time. Her story is insane. She was uh, trafficked by her father um, at the age of 13, went through insane torture and abuse when she was, like, her earliest memory is when she was two or three years old, um, and just terrible things that she's gone through, but she is so resilient and follows God so hard, like, she is one of the, um, most dedicated Christians I've ever met, so. Yeah, I feel like often, at least what I've kind of experienced with that is, like, typically the people that, have some of the toughest stories or the people who are the most resilient and um, the people who really are open to sharing their stories. It's so incredible. So I'm, it's awesome that you were able to meet someone and hear their story and be able to work for that organization. So I did that. I, I kind of transitioned a little bit because you decided to go to school after that. And um, we were talking a little bit before this podcast started about our majors and everything and your communications major, but you want to um, kind of go into the psychology realm. Um, so can you kind of talk about how your life experiences and your school experiences, personal experiences, um, everything led you into creating the Kumu Project? Is Am I saying that right? Yes, like, you are. Okay, okay. And just um, your blog and your um, business and basically everything that led you to this point. Absolutely. So Gosh, there are so many components to this story. I would say <laughs> that the Kumu Project and going into the psychology realm of being a therapist um, post-grad school are caused by the same sequence of events. Um, so my story is complex and it has a lot of moving parts, but I kind of just jump into it. And um, sometimes it makes people uncomfortable because it's just a lot, but for me, I'm just an open book. So um, 
I learned about abuse and domestic violence when I was really young. I was 12 years old when my dad got arrested um, for attempted murder on New Year's Eve of 2012. And then we couldn't talk legally for over a year. Um, and my dad and I were really, really close growing up and I never saw him as kind of the monster that he was. He had two um, really different sides to him and he was an exceptional father with like such a loving heart, but the other side of him was violent and dangerous and hateful. And I didn't see that part until then and then forward. So I couldn't talk to him legally for over a year. And then, um, we had to kind of start going to therapy sessions. We could only meet in, um, a therapy, in, a, in a therapeutic setting for another year. So that's two years not being able to have kind of a normal relationship. But once we were able to do that, things felt really weird. And it was kind of like, he didn't really feel like a parent. It felt more like a friend. I would feel awkward when he would buy my dinner or feel awkward whenever he would like drive or just, it was a it was a weird dynamic um but after the arrest and after my life had kind of just been shaken up and the man that I was closest to was disappeared and overnight literally um life was kind of getting normal again my brother and I made friends and you know school was going well we were getting straight A's playing playing sports and um then we got hit by another tragedy, which was when my boyfriend committed suicide. And my boyfriend was my brother's best friend. So this is another very interesting dynamic that um, I won't get into, but it was a loss for our entire family because he spent more time at our house than pretty much anywhere else. So he was really like a son to my mom and um, he was like a brother to my brother. And then he was almost like a brother and a boyfriend to me it was he was truly a part of our family and it shook us up a lot and then um nine months later my dad committed suicide and 2016 was just a it was a rough go um but we got through it we got we had so much support from people we had people bringing us food every night for three months like home-cooked meals and I will never forget that um and it was just so sweet the way that people show love and support so meaningful um and then we get into my own kind of like dance with the devil and my suicidal tendencies um where I spent a week in um the mental institution at MUSC twice in two separate years but um Gosh, I have so much I could say about MUSC, y'all. It's the way that they treat their patients is honestly quite horrifying. I That experience is why I want to be a therapist because so many people who have mental illnesses or who are struggling are treated as criminals. I was, could you ever see me hitting someone? Ever? Ever see me being violent? They handcuffed me going in and I was like I'm an 18 year old girl who just tried to kill herself why are you handcuffing me like I'm not gonna hurt you like it's very I'm not gonna... counterproductive honestly to your mental health 
it is. And the thing is, is that experience traumatized me even more. Um, and there were, oh my gosh, I'm just trying to think of the other things that happened. I went to another mental hospital after that. I went to Baltimore for um, two weeks and I went to Shepherd Pratt, which is supposed to be the top um, mental hospital in all of the United States. What a letdown, y'all. It was, it was such a letdown. Like it's honestly almost laughable because I um, went there mustering up all of my hope and um, they put me in like the suicidal like depression unit for a little bit and then the psychiatrist asked me how much I drank I'm a college student and it was summer so of course I have uh, of course I drink two days a week yeah normal he puts me in the substance abuse unit I'm learning about heroin and cocaine like shit was nuts y'all I just I cannot explain to you how pissed I was and then this is also very very graphic trigger warning but um I was self-harming at the time too. And one of the nurses was like, well, have you ever had to get stitches from any of your self-harms? And I was like, no. She goes, okay, so it wasn't that bad. And no, y'all, there is so much reform that needs to go on in these um, mental hospitals and just the mental system itself. Um, It's, that's why I want to be a therapist. I want to prevent all of my patients from having to go there and from experiencing any form of invalidation or just misunderstanding. Cause it really, it truly does make you feel crazy. Like people with mental illnesses are not crazy. It does. And you're also trying to help yourself by putting, like you're trying to do something for yourself by like putting yourself in a place that should protect you and help you and support you. And the only thing it's doing is reversing the mental health progress that you're making or making where you are even worse. I cannot believe, I wish you guys could see me and Maddie's faces right now. Like that is just so insane. And I really appreciate you sharing everything because obviously like everyone has their own struggles, but like what you've been through, I can literally not imagine going through. And the fact that like those institutions that are in place that are literally supposed to be like your crutch during those times or anything, but it's just so horrible. And it makes me so concerned for just the well-being of so many people that are in these really, really tough situations. And I'm so sorry you had to go through that, but I love how you've you've like taken what you've been through and turned it into something that you're passionate about and being like, I see what's happening and I wanna be able to do something about it. Cause you wanna be able to be a light in someone's life. Like I, I have a friend who also wants to, um, her mom's a therapist and she wants to go into therapy because Um, very similar reasons of just like poor experiences that she's had and she's like I want to give someone a better chance than I had or a better experience than I had and I think that's amazing that's like the best literally the best thing you can do with the card you've been dealt and I think that's so awesome Um, but wow wow thank you Um, yeah it's I I think it's going to be a very rewarding um, profession and I think also I kind of like you were saying, like, it's not even just the mental institutions, it could be therapists themselves as well, because I've been to 12 different therapists since the, um, since my dad, like, attempted murder, and not one of them ever, like, saw that I was suicidal, they, because I lied to them, and it was pretty obvious looking back, um, 
I've honestly learned how to be a therapist through learning what my therapist should not do. Um, and you know, I feel like none of them saw the signs and I would go to our sessions talking about, um, like asking questions about them to kind of get the attention off of me. And our sessions would literally just be talking about their kids. (laughs) And then I got this one therapist hair that I'm trying to get at, like, oh my gosh, that's insane. Yeah. I mean, that was, that was kind of my fault, but at the same time, if there's a 16 year old trying to get the spotlight off, like, it is not your fault like that is that is their profession that is their job and like you said they missed those warning signs so sorry when you were saying there you finally found a therapist that have you found one that you do feel comfortable talking to or have you found one that you do say okay this is someone where I would look up to once I'm in this field or what has your experience been with that so right after um my Right after I got back from Shepherd Pratt, the um, second one in Baltimore, I was recommended to this therapist and it's, there's only one of, she's one of 200 DBT certified therapists in the world. And DBT is dialectic behavioral therapy. Um, And I was skeptical going in and it took quite some time because I didn't want to heal. I didn't think healing was possible. I didn't want to handle any disappointment. Um, and I read a blog on this. So for anyone who's listening and for you guys, if you haven't read it already, it's called the drop and it explains all of it very well. Um, but her name was Sarah Greenwood and she not only saved my life, but made me start enjoying life. Like I I'm wearing my, I start to wear my seatbelt now. Like there's, I look both ways before I cross the road. Like I truly want to protect my life. And um, I graduated from the DBT program. It took around a year and a half um, and I finished it. And my diagnosis of clinical depression and PTSD are now gone. So I'm back to being normal AK. (laughs) That's just like beyond incredible. And I wouldn't even say, I mean, maybe I'm overstepping by saying this, but when you say you're back to being like your normal self, like I feel like you're like Anna Kate 2.0 now because you've taken everything that you've gone through and you've really transitioned and made, I would even call it a movement of people who feel comfortable being open and being vulnerable and sharing things with you. And that's, um, I mean, not even being in Charleston and just seeing through social media, like what you've done with your blog and what you've done with the Kumu project, like it's, it's absolutely incredible. So do you mind kind of taking us through that shift of like when you graduated from the DBT program and when you came back and now now you are a normal AK again and how you kind of transition that into something so positive for so many others? Absolutely. So I actually started the Kumu project um, on my birthday and I was on my 20th birthday um, and I was still in DBT at the time. However, I was healed from so many things that I had been through. I mean, obviously there's gonna be scars, but I was free of all of the chains that had held me down for so long and all of the trauma. And um, I had always wanted to have my own blog, have my own website type thing. Um, So I just decided to do it. I got a a few dollars for my birthday um, and bought a website domain and, you know, created an Instagram and it was hard, y'all. 
I have never had experience in building a website ever in my life. No, know nothing about graphic design, um, nothing about marketing. And I just kind of jumped into it full fledged. And I had a friend who, this is funny, y'all. I met this kid on Bumble um, <laughs> like two summers ago. And his name is Scott Witzel. He's like a surfer, cool, cool dude. He owns two companies, um, two apparel companies. And we hung out one time. Oh my gosh, wait. Yeah, I just pulled it up. I just pulled up your website because as you're talking, about it, I was like, I want to look at everything. Because <laughs> I've seen your Instagram, but I haven't seen like the apparel side of it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I can look through. There's some cool stuff. But um, so yeah, Scott is super cool. And we met through Bumble. <laughs> and he immediately after our first date we were just like this is going to be a friendship I don't see this becoming anything <laughs> but and then we didn't talk for months and then I was like I want to start something and I know that he has experience because when we hung out the only thing he talked about was like business so I texted him and asked if he could help me and he came over for like three weeks straight and just helped me do it all and then he ended up dating one of my best friends who I introduced him to and they were like so in love it's so cute Oh my gosh, that's so adorable. It's adorable. Yeah, they're great. Um, But yeah, so the Kumi Project, essentially the goal of it is to encourage others to be vulnerable and um, kind of provide a validating space on the internet that's accessible to everyone because we experience so much invalidation in this world. It's crazy. Um, And that's a huge reason why people are afraid to be vulnerable. If you're upset that you and your boyfriend just broke up, but you feel like you can't be upset because your mom's friend just died, like you can't compare those things. Both of those experiences are valid. And um, also people are afraid of judgment. People are afraid of like, okay, for example, for me, I was kind of born an open person and I was kind of born with like no modesty and no fear of judgment whatsoever. But I think if other people were in my shoes at 12 years old, they would think like, okay, I'm not going to share this information about what happened with my family because I don't want them to see my dad as a murderer. And I don't want them to see me as a genetic monster lunatic, like any offspring of that man. Um, But word got around anyway. And I did tell some people um, and you know, it feels good to be vulnerable. And even if you are met with judgment, that's just a good way to weed out the people who aren't good for you anyway, who aren't serving you well in life. Um, so yeah, that's the yeah. Kumi project in a nutshell. No, and I, I love it. And I, I, it's so funny. It's, it's interesting seeing you now and thinking back to when we were 10 years old and when I first met you, because when you say you've always been open and like, you have been like I remember you being the most outgoing like person ever and you would say things and I'd be like oh my gosh where'd you even come up with that and you've always just been so confident in yourself and that's that's really shown through and so I feel like a lot of people say like oh because of what you've gone through you're a strong person but I I don't think that that's true I think it's you were a strong person to begin with and what you've gone through has made you even stronger and even more amazing and it's it's really incredible like hearing from you and seen what you've done now with your life because you've had that umph girlfriend since like day one at least from like me knowing you and it was like you were someone where when I first met you it was like everyone gravitated towards you because you were such a happy person and such a great confident friendly person to be around 
And so just what you're doing now is even more incredible. And I, I, we've talked about it actually in an episode before, but how you do the um, Instagram stories and you'll be like asking a question and people will respond and you'll share people's responses. And it really has created this movement, this community of people being able to share and be able to be vulnerable. And some people are not quite to the place where you're at, where they're able to fully share their story. Um, but you're giving them that platform to do it. And you're giving them that opportunity to be open, be vulnerable, and really speak to what they need to say. And I think that that's absolutely incredible. So um, just kind of wrapping up this episode a little bit and hearing a little bit more about the Kumu project. Um, so it started off and you did this Instagram, you did the blog, um, then you had a transition to the whole apparel side of it with your RIP negativity collection. And um, just for all of our listeners, you guys, all of this will be listed in the show notes of today's episode if you guys want to order, if you want to read the blog, whatever you want to do, um, it'll be there for you. But you're also 20 years old. You're a college student. Um, just how did you handle that? You were not only were you 20 years old and a college student, you also had all of this incredibly difficult and like strenuous life stuff going on at the time as well. Um, so what hurdles did you really have to overcome when creating this small business? Um, I would say, I mean, kind of like we already said was like creating and designing a website, getting an LLC, um, getting a business bank account, which wasn't that hard. I just thought it would be a lot harder than it was. Um, Learning about e-commerce and copyright, all of that was so foreign to me. Um, And also I would say being burnt out is the biggest, the biggest setback with the Kumu project. And I hate to say it but it's true and I was listening to one of your podcasts and you were saying that like we're human and that's okay and I think something that I pulled from that is a lot of strength comes from um sharing your times of weakness so that's what I'm about to do right now and say that y'all I am burnt the fuck out like it welcomes so many people to start coming to you and to start telling you things and I've had floods of dms from strangers and tons of calls from friends like I feel like I am becoming a therapist without a degree currently and that's fine like I love to be there for people and I want them to come to me but I want them to be vulnerable with other people as well you know like um but it is quite a full-time job and that's why I created the um RIP negativity collection because um I it is a full-time job and I need to kind of like sustain myself um, in some way. So I'm trying to sell these cute t-shirts and hoodies um, of a skeleton riding a colorful wave and on a surfboard that says may negativity rest in peace um, <laughs> to kind of, I don't know, sustain that and to just support the mission and all of that right now. Yeah. Well, burnout is such, I, th- I feel like we talk about it all the time on the podcast. Like I'm literally, I, I mean, obviously we're all in college, like that is something that I struggle with a ton. Um, And I also try to upkeep like my social medias and stuff. And it really is a job. Like there is so much that goes into it. And I personally like haven't been involved with a small business either. So all the logistical stuff behind the scenes, it's not like you're just like, oh, posting an inspirational Instagram quote or whatever. There's like so much that goes behind it. Um, But obviously what you're doing is great. Um, And kind of going back to, I want to touch on what you were saying earlier is just how Maddie was talking about how like confident and you know just like content with yourself that you've always have been and I feel like it's so easy for 
like I feel like sometimes the most confident people are the people that are struggling with the most and I think it's crazy because maybe on the outside like people at your middle school didn't have any idea what you were going through people at your high school didn't know but I love that you've taken the opportunity to be like listen like this is who I am and that's a part of who I am like this is what is these are my life experiences and I love that you share that because I'm someone too it's like if I'm going through something which again like not to go through comparison because that's not fair but at the same time like I haven't experienced like the same amount of like tragedy and loss that you have in your personal life and I mean I'm even scared to share some things just because you know you're like I don't want to burden other people I don't want to like have you thinking something about me I don't know it's just it's so complex but at the same time like vulnerability is so so important so I love that you've brought that mentality that you've obviously had for so long um onto a social media platform because then it gives it's not only you being vulnerable it's allowing other people to be inspired by that and be vulnerable too so I love it I love it all (laughs) that is so sweet yeah honestly the burden part I kind of that never really crossed my mind but I'm having light bulbs go off in my brain because that's a huge reason that people don't go to others yeah and you're just like I don't want to I don't want to bother you with like my life problems because I don't know it is such a toxic mindset like that's such an unfair mindset to be in because it's like your problems are literally so valid and what helps you get through those problems is other people and I'm sure as soon as you and it's kind of what you're doing with the Kumo project like as soon as you open up other people relate to that and be like oh I'm going through a similar thing or oh she's struggling with something too like now I'm not alone in my struggles even if they're completely different struggles it's just a healthy environment to create around yourself to be open about your own problems but also be accepting of other people's problems and I love absolutely and that's like another objective of the um masks off card game which has a really untimely um name to it but um, (laughs) Instagram would literally remove my post because it would have masks off in it oh you made a card game called mask off so it's like about removing you know the, the putting on the fake mask for other people and then COVID <laughs> oh my gosh girl I didn't even think about that wow <laughs> it's Instagram, like-, like this girl obviously does not support the health of others <laughs> I was like oh my gosh this is terrible timing but yeah it's basically about like trying to take a take apart the facades that we put on and that others put on and kind of just encourage and promote uh, um, honest and healthy conversation with deep questions. Um, So yeah. (laughs) If you don't mind, I don't want to like give away all the questions in your game that you were obviously like selling to people, but um, what are some examples of the questions that you made and how did you come up with them? Are they things that you just um thought up one day and wrote them down are they things that you heard other people say are they things that you were inquisitive about when other people's lives or how did you come up with those questions absolutely so this is about to make me sound like a super impulsive person but it was an impulsive decision um I have been obsessed with the um brand we're not really strangers for so long if you don't know yes I have to go check it out um pretty much all of my values are copied and pasted um but (laughs) they have a card game and I kind of modeled theirs, but it had different questions. And I created this whole thing within three hours, y'all. Because I have, okay, so at the time I had, I had this new roommate move in and I don't know her that well. And 
I was thinking about all the questions that I wanted to ask her that would be kind of inappropriate to ask at the dinner table like okay what's your worst traumatic event in your life that is not a question by the way but it's just an example yeah yeah but I had all these questions in my mind and they were kind of just staying so I just made a google doc of all of them um and it's three levels and some of the questions that I have on them so the level goes by depth um uh so like the first level is like kind of getting to know each other breaking the ice level two is like digging deeper and then um level three is the deepest level so an example of a question from level one um the conspiracy theorist in me wanted to encourage that in others and say what's a conspiracy theory you were convinced by explain um a second level question would be if you could relive your life what's one thing you would never change and what's one thing you would and then a level three question would be tell me one thing about your parents relationship oh those are also good and I love the levels because you can kind of warm up to people too like if I was sitting in a room with a random person I I might not want to like imagine pulling a card and you're like feeling like you're overstepping a little bit that I thought I think that's a great idea just we're not really strangers do they have levels Mm -hmm. they do have levels um and they have a last card that says um write basically write a letter to each other um talking about how they affected you through this conversation and I definitely copied that card so that card is on there is in that and I love how like you were inspired by something instead of being like oh no like I'm not gonna do it they've already done it like you put your own spin on it and even like something as fun as like talking about a conspiracy theory like it does help you just get more comfortable with people and know um, people I will say going into this, um, I, and there's nothing, if any of our past guests are listening to this episode, nothing against any of you guys, but I feel like we always ask like the, hey, give insight into who you are and who you did. They're always like, hi, I'm so-and-so. I'm 25 years old. I do this. This is my life. Usually tell a job like where they went to school, where they're from, hometown, whatever. You deep dove in, first of all, with two truths and a lie, which I absolutely <laughs> loved. I was like, that's the thing I've ever heard of in my entire life. You're like, okay, here we go. Like two truths and a lie. And then you really described your upbringing in a term of like, in a way of not like, oh yeah, I'm from Charleston. It was like, I grew up biking around. I grew up jumping off of docks into creeks. Like it was very, you can tell first and foremost that you are a writer and you write blog posts. And also it gives people some insight into who you are. And so I think it is absolutely incredible that you created this game because yes, while we're not really strangers has done something very similar. It's you took that and you really did put your own spin on it. And it was based off of you and it's based off of like what you've gone through and what you want to know about people and what you want to ask people. So I think that's absolutely incredible. And in and of itself is another way of encouraging vulnerability. So just because we're wrapping up time a little bit here, um, there's this is a really kind of random question that we try to ask a lot of our guests on the show, but we try to get through as much as we can in like the 40, 45 minute time frame. but sometimes we miss things. Sometimes we don't ask the right questions. Sometimes we don't ask um, what you want to share. So before we end off this episode, is there anything that you want to, that you would have asked yourself that we have not already asked you? That's a really good question. I like that y'all asked that. That reminds me of another question in my card game that says, ask me a question you're afraid to ask. Um, exactly. No, y'all, have, oh shoot. Yes, about the gap year, about being selfish in your 20s. Okay, whoever's listening to this, you just have to follow me on Instagram because there will be a lot of stuff coming up that would 
benefit you and that you would like to read um which so, again will be linked in the show notes <laughs> yes so. it's a broken record but it'll all be there you guys and then um maddie and emma i can talk to y'all about the gap year because i think y'all would want to hear about it anyways um on separate time yeah so, yeah absolutely yeah so stay tuned and definitely um check out your instagram so do you want to verbally say that like i said it'll be linked in the show notes but just yeah absolutely so um the website with the blogs is www.thekumuproject.com. And then um, my Instagram is at thekumuproject.com. Um, and yeah, thank you guys so much for having me on the show. I appreciate it. Thank you for being on the show. Thank you for really being open, for being vulnerable and for sharing your story and um, what it is that you're doing with your life. And, um, I mean, it was personally just so great getting to see your face because I haven't seen you in so long. So, um, we appreciate you being on the show, but yeah, that's, um, the end of today's episode, you guys, we appreciate you guys for tuning in. Um, like I've said, I think 10 times in this episode, all of Anna Kate's information will be listed in the show notes of today's episode, as well as, um, we will post on our Instagram. So be sure to follow us at Huga Girls Podcast. That's H-Y-G-G-E Girls Podcast on Instagram and TikTok, all the things. So we'll have links to her blog posts, her website. Um, and yeah, cute little picture of her saying all that. Episode. Um, but yeah, until then, stay happy, stay healthy, and stay Huga. And we will see you next Monday. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye.